This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Okay, let's start with the Nats here. I'm so glad I'm back finally. I mean, I took forever to get recording another episode after, you know, dealing with, you know, the clothing line and going on vacation, doing Lyft and Uber, and dealing with Deanna and Carmen. I'll talk about them again later. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Nats real quick. Just real quick. So the Nationals, well... They are 39 and 33, and they're three and a half games back of the Braves. Oh my gosh, here comes the Braves. I thought I didn't have to worry about them anymore after 2014, but here they come. They slowly but surely creep back up the top of the NL East with their young core and some good veterans. I knew once they beat us like three out of four in Atlanta that we were in trouble. So the Nats got to get it together. They just lost to the Orioles last night. I was at the game, but when it started raining, I left. I went home because I wasn't sitting through another rain delay. When I renewed my tickets for this year, I promised that I wasn't sitting through another rain delay. As soon as the tarp came, I was gone. And then they end up playing again about, I say about 10.45, 11. I watched I watched it, and I was kind of dozing off, and I saw in the ninth inning that Mark Reynolds was up, and we had two people on base, and we were down 3 nothing, I believe. I was like, okay. No, the bases were loaded. <clears throat> I was like, okay, Mark Reynolds, please send this home. I was dozing off, kind of not paying attention. Next thing I know, I hear strike three. I was like, god dang it, man. And they lost again. They split with the Yankees. That series is finally over. That was a fun series. Thank God for Juan Soto. That that kid is a beast. He's playing the best on the team right now, and it's not even close. Scherzer's going to be Scherzer, but Juan Soto is just, oh, my gosh. But anyway, man, I just hope they get it together. They lost 7 out of 10. And now they're tied with the Phillies for third. And just just keep arm's distance from the Braves and be all right. Now the Caps. The Caps won it all, man. Thank God, finally. If you look at all the things we've been through as Caps fans in the, o- in the OV era, like, you understand all of this. You understand the struggle. Like, struggle is real. I'm talking about President's Cup, two or three President's Cups, and we lose in the first or second round. The Canadians lost in 2009, I believe. Or 2010. Losing to Pittsburgh in Game 7 year after year. The time we lost in Game 6 to Pittsburgh in front of my friends, and I was watching Norman, and I was just sitting there with the shock face. And I was devastated. On the floor, devastated. While Lightning fans are celebrating and my friends are laughing. I went through stuff like that for this year. They finally did it. I knew once they beat Pittsburgh and Kunetsov was doing the little flapping his wings and stuff. Knew it was our year, bro. And I was just, I just point the finger at all those bandwagon 
Vegas fans, man. My friend Zach wanted the Vegas to win. Ben wanted them to win. My neighbor William wanted them to win. My friend Emily wanted them to win. I'm like, okay, y'all gonna see. I'm sticking with my caps. I mean, shout out to Chris, though. Chris wanted them to win. I guess because Vegas is going to be San Jose's rival for a while. He'd rather see Ovi win than Vegas. I didn't think, I don't think he was on to the Vegas hype, just like me. I wasn't really that impressed after the conference finals. <clears throat> so, it's done. Glad the Caps won. And I went to the parade. It was fun. I got there early. It wasn't as packed as the Eagles parade. It wasn't as many people as the Eagles parade. I had room to breathe. I had room to walk. I didn't stay for the end, though. Just like the Eagles parade, I went on, got home, got me some Jimmy Johns, went home. It was a great parade. It was good to see Ovi with the cup. I didn't have to wait as long for them to come down Constitution Avenue. Unlike with the Eagles, where I had to wait forever for them to come down Broad Street. It also helped that I was at the beginning, so it shortened my wait by a little bit. But I don't know why, like, Ovi was way in the back. Like, we had to wait another 10, 15 minutes just for Ovi. <laughs> but, you know, that's Ovi, man. He's just enjoying this whole thing, man. He out there wilding everywhere. He in Vegas now. Or he in Dallas or Vegas, whatever. He's just acting a fool with that cup, man. I don't blame him, son. It, it, it took him a while. He finally got there. Remember, remember people used to compare him to Chris Paul. Because of that playoff success he's had. I'm just so glad, man, that it's it's finally done. It's finally over with. So, I'm happy for the Caps. I'm a lifelong fan. It's official. Definitely. Now, the Women's College World Series. Now, I said I was going to that. I did go. I had tickets for the complete first session, first day. Like, all... Both sessions, all four games. Only went to two. I went to the Oregon game, which was a high-scoring affair, surprisingly. High-scoring affair. Oregon's giving up home runs. Making Arizona think, think Arizona State think they have a chance. And they beat them. They probably did that in the regular season, too. Then we get to OU versus Washington. I switched my seats from my original tickets to sitting beside my friend Ben. And OU choked. They couldn't get their bats going. Now, I knew it was dangerous when Paige Parker was carrying him. This is a bad trend that started to emerge. Paige Parker carrying them. That's a dangerous... What makes What made our team so good is that we had so many people who could beat you. We weren't one-dimensional. And starting that game became one-dimensional. Gabby Plane was sitting them down one by one. And she was owning our batters. Even Jocelyn Alo had to work. Oh, that's another thing. Jocelyn Alo, I'm a huge fan of her now. I didn't know about her till the playoffs. That shows you how much softball I've watched this year. I've been slacking. Jocelyn Alo, I think I'm going to be a fan for life now. She's amazing. I don't know where they found her, but thank God. Anyway, she's going to need some help from now on because people are leaving and we're going to have to reload. So, I, 
we don't go to the second game after relaxing with Ben and his people, well, and his girls' people. We decide to, like, go somewhere else and watch the NBA Finals. So we don't get to see UCLA. We don't get to see Florida. I watched a little bit on TV. Georgia got out the way. I mean, of course. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, UCLA beat Florida State, but it was close. I kind of expected that, but, you know, whatever. It was closer than I expected, but it happened. But then, after that, uh, UCLA barely beat Florida, which put Florida against OU. And OU, they beat Arizona State, who's the worst team there, clearly. Uh, Still didn't get much bats going. Same thing with the Florida game. Didn't get much hitting. Jocelyn Alo and Paige Parker carrying them. And then Oregon, what really shocked me is how Oregon was getting spanked. They were getting spanked by Washington and Florida State. It, it was sad. I was like, is this your queen? Like, is this the number one team? Whatever, man. I, I couldn't believe it. But then again, Washington and Florida ended up being in a championship. And yes, that means Washington beat OU again. 2 nothing or something like that. And they spanked them. Like, I thought Gabby Plain was the big thing. She was killing them. Then the other girl came in, number 14, who the one I'm used to seeing. And she was killing them. So I was like, yo, man, they were just the better team in OKC. We were the better team the entire season. But when we got to OKC, Washington was the better team. Ain't no shame in that. The run had to end eventually. I think what really shocked me was Florida State, backs against the wall. Uh, they beat who they had to beat. I think it was Georgia. They killed them. Then they beat UCLA twice. That was the unthinkable. I thought OU was going to beat Washington twice. And UCLA was going to take care of Florida State. Nah, bro. Florida State dominated UCLA twice. And, you know, there was controversy in the UCLA-Florida game about a run or a not-run score. It don't even matter. The way Florida State was playing would have beat Florida, too. So... I mean, they they absolutely demolished Rachel Garcia. I couldn't recognize her. I didn't recognize her. That's how much they beat up Rachel Garcia. Then you got Washington and Florida State. That shocked me, man. The pitching that no one can figure out. No one can figure out Gabby Plain in number 14. And they're killing them. Florida State killing them. I knew they had Jesse Warren and some other girl. I think that starts up the lineup. I don't know. They had some batters. I knew they were the best hitting team. Maybe maybe Oregon was the best hitting team, but I knew Florida State was just was not far behind them. And that OU, I think oh I thought OU was the best hitting team, but Florida was the best hitting team in OKC, and that's what won out. Best better hitting over better pitching. Overall, I liked the experience. It was great, man. It was great. Got to see eh, a few celebrities. Not many. Couldn't recognize those people in the booth that did the little pregame and postgame shows. I mean, whatever, though. <clears throat> it was fun. It was fun. i definitely go back. This time, I'll, next time, I'll stay for more games. Oh, and the concessions were cheap. That was, that was the really shocking part. And OU fans drove up the ticket prices. Like, when OU was out, 
the ticket prices kind of dipped. And then you saw a dip in attendance. And then the attendance went back up, I guess, because the higher the stakes and the cheaper the ticket, that's what brought more people in. <clears throat> but it was fun. It was fun. But what I did do, instead of watch the second session of day one, I watched the NBA Finals game one. That was an instant classic. That was arguably, that had been the best game. Uh, of the four years they played against each other, that was one of the best, that was probably the best game I've seen. Maybe other than game seven, 2016, in that whole four-year ordeal with Cavs and Warriors. That, that game was amazing. It was back and forth. LeBron was incredible. He had 51. They lost because of the J.R. Smith thing. It wasn't even that. It's just George Hill missed the free throw, which I know how that feels. But, you know, wasn't enough. The Cavs got swept. I told y'all that LeBron needed to average a triple-double. They needed to keep the Warriors under 100 for at least half of the series. They needed to make at least 10 threes. And they just needed to play defense and slow the pace down. <clears throat> they didn't do any of that. Well, okay, LeBron averaged close to a triple-double. I mean, 34, 10, and 8 or something like that. Now, okay, okay, that's cool. You know, they made nine threes, eight threes, and then eight threes again, I believe. The first game, they had 10. Still, you needed way more than that. They need maybe like 15 threes a game. I knew Durant was going to average 25. We averaged 28. And what really sucked is Curry averaged 27. So they didn't play defense. They let Curry average 27. Of course they lost. Of course they lost. They didn't do what they needed to do. They didn't impose their will. And they're out. They were out. It was a quick series, and now we're just sitting here wondering. People complaining about the NBA being boring. It's not really that boring, to be honest. It's just when you get to that point, it is. Because, you know, the same teams over and over, no parity. Trust me. They're, but they're always, like, like, dominant teams. Always. The 80s, it was Celtics and Lakers. In the 90s, it was Knicks, Bulls. Rockets. Knicks, Bulls, Rockets. And you had the Spurs at the end. I mean, wasn't much, wasn't that much parody, huh? Even in 2000, Lakers, Spurs. Lakers, Spurs, Celtics. Maybe the Heat. That's it. And the Pistons in the Eastern Conference, six straight Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, the parody, I mean, come on. It's always going to be a dominant team. Come on. You know, I know I complained about it on Twitter, but that's the fact. And there, and it, don't worry, the Warriors' time is coming. It's going to come to an end eventually. There's no way they can hold up. Either a skill level or injury, something's going to happen, and they're going to fall back. But until then, the league got to get going. Got to get going and stack up these good players and develop this, this young talent so they can change the league so the Warriors don't win for another fucking Excuse my language, but another four years or whatever. Um, and the NBA draft is tonight. And I just want to see where my man Trey Young goes. I want to see my man Trey Young, see where he goes. I think he's going to Orlando. Gut reaction. 
or based off what I've seen in a lot of mock drafts, he's probably going to go to Orlando. Uh, he could go to Cleveland. Outside chance he goes to Chicago. Um, is that outside chance he goes to Atlanta? I think the only way he goes to Atlanta is if, like, whoever's ahead of Atlanta foolishly takes Luka Doncic. Or whatever his name. Luka. I'm going to just call him Luka. If they take him over Bagley or Aiton, like, okay, you loafing. But no, 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 no. Doncic, Doncic, he's not going to get past. I just said I was going to call him Luka. I said I ended up saying his last name anyway. Anyway, <laughs> he ain't getting past the Mavericks. Now, Trey Young, I don't think he's going to get past the Knicks. But I don't think he's going to drop that far. The only way he's going to drop that far is they really worried about his size. Don't make that mistake again. That's the mistake y'all made with Steph Curry, and look what he just did. Look what he's doing now. I think Trey Young will be better than Steph Curry. Maybe it's just me being a stan or a fan, whatever you want to call it. But I think he's going to be better than Steph Curry. That's just me. I mean, he's a combination Steph Curry, Steve Nash, James Harden type. He's a combination of those three. That is dangerous. And if he can maximize his potential, he's going to be better than Steph Curry. I promise. He get the right coaching. It's just, and he ends up in the right team. I'm telling you, he's going to be better. Now, he gets compa- he gets compared to Mike Bibby. I can kind of see it. It's only because of the size. They are like the exact same size. And have like, little similar moves, but I don't I don't really see it outside of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't really see it. But he's most likely gonna be Steph Curry like, but he's gonna be better than Steph Curry. Don't be surprised if he ends up like a Steve Nash, to be honest. So I also wanna see what the Wizards do. They should pick up a big man. I really want Robert Williams from Texas A and M. Or maybe Miles Bridges, but if we get Miles Bridges, isn't Miles Bridges and Marquise Morris, aren't they like the same thing? Like, I don't know. It it depends on what they want to do with Marquise. But uh, I love Miles Bridges. I'll take him. I mean, Lonnie Walker from Miami, I think that's his name. We're going to take another shooting guard. Please, I hope he's good. Like, if we take another shooting guard, it would be the ad bench step. Because it doesn't make sense other than that. We definitely need a big man. That's what's missing. Siakam was getting all those rebounds. We couldn't stop him. We never could stop Al Horford. We need a big man. It's time. We got all the other positions covered. For the most part. Now you could get Miles Bridges. But we we need a big man. We need a center. Stop playing. Also want to see where Javon Carter goes. Because... You know, see what West Virginia fans be talking about. They still say he's Trey Young dad, and I'm just like, Trey Young averaged like 27 versus West Virginia, and they threw the kitchen sink at him. So just stop. Kansas did a better job against Trey Young than West Virginia. So stop it. Get some help. Wow. Dog, my computer really be loafing, man. I just be crazy.
Anyway, forget about that. Um, now the two plus size divas. Now I've been listening to that because Goat Level is the sponsor for June. So sponsorship is over on Tuesday. And I'm kind of sad because it's fun. It was fun, you know, watching the show. I'm still going to watch the show even after the sponsorship is over. And the promotion, all that, man. It's, it was cool, man. It was worth the 600 bucks, even though, you know, it hasn't really driven that much traffic to the store. No one's, still no one's buying the shirts. And I'm about to give them shirts for free, so... I mean, it is what it is, cause. But I've enjoyed the show. Like this wasn't just a money move. Like I'm legitimately invested in the show. I like it. Um, so let's get this out the way first. Let's get the looks thing out the way first. Deanna, fine. Carmen, fine. Gogo uh, Atkins, fine. Confidently, Jules, Julie. Fine. Um, so the first show he had Gogo Atkins as a guest. That was cool, you know. She's she's a pretty positive person. Big girl and got got braids, got blonde braids or something. You look good. You look good, man. Thick as mud. Anyway, look look thing aside, it was a pretty positive episode. They overall I know it's a theme which which fits I guess the theme of the show and the hashtag masterpiece is all about just being cool with their bodies, accepting their bodies, and making sure people realize that they're happy with themselves. They love how they look. They want to empower themselves and empower others. They want to keep doing that, and they keep reinforcing that on the show. And they don't appreciate haters. They don't. I mean, the haters are on their mind, but I guess they also keep pushing them to be who they are, which is pretty cool. It's just, just a lot about body positivity. That's what their show is. Um, they have their guests talking about that, too. I really like Confidently Jewels. You know, really what stuck out to me right there was uh, she said she 5'11", 250. I was, I'm like the exact same height, right? And I was the exact same weight probably about a year or a year and a half ago. Well, that was pretty much my average height and weight in college. 5'11", 6 feet, 250. I'm like, this girl is my size and she looks good. I'm like, damn, I was just, I just couldn't get over that. How she was my size, but she looked good. It's just the stuff that they talk about, man. And, and last, yesterday, or it was two days ago, they had this guy named Billionaire P.A., First male guest on their show. Probably one of the few they're going to have. That guy needs to be... I need someone like that as my mentor. See, he's pretty much doing what I kind of want to do. You know, he's written books. He's selling t-shirts. He's just being really in inspirational and positive. He's, he's doing... He's basically... It's kind of a more positive version of not only goat level brand brand but um big baller brand <laughs> how he sells his book for 963 bucks know your worth <laughs> that's what he said when, he, when that topic came up on the show you got to know your worth that's why he sells his book for 
now it's three dollars. But if you look at the website, though, it, there are some cheaper things, but I guess that's the most expensive. You know, it's all about them having a, a wealthy mind, which, yes, it all starts within, it all starts with your mind. We're pretty much on the same page. Like I said, I would love for him to be my mentor be or be a mentor to me, but I know it probably won't happen, and that's fine with me. I don't really give a shit. I'm still the GOAT. So, anyway, I love the show. The ladies look amazing. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I can keep watching it. Because I'm, I'm supportive. You know. Hopefully I can even sponsor again. With the brand. And next time I sponsor. The brand will be bigger. And have more of a following. And it will be more effective on my end. It's not really effective on either of our ends. Because they don't really care for me. They just want to watch Carmen Indiana. They don't really care. And plus, I'm I haven't done a great job communicating what my brand is about and I have to work on that. I think if I do that, that'll help too. But at the end of the day, it's all about Carmen Indiana. That's why they don't really fuck with me for real. So now I'm going to end off by talking about Kawhi, Lakers, Spurs. He's not going to be with Spurs. He's either going to the Lakers or he's going to the East. That's pretty much what I've gotten. If he go to Boston, it's over. It's going to be Boston and Golden State or Boston, Golden State, or Houston for the next three or four years. This just is what it is. Boston is just way ahead of everybody else in the Eastern Conference. The only reason they haven't been in the finals is because of LeBron. That's pretty much it, man. This Kawhi thing's been weird from the start. I don't know where his head is at. I think we'll know someday, but right now, it's just all weird. Now, Baker on the herd was very entertaining. Very entertaining. Uh, he took his questions head on. And he told Colin to basically look at the tape. I'm not really as bad as you think. And he explained the Arkansas situation, how he wasn't in trouble but decided to run. I've been in a situation where I just wanted to act negatively when the police stopped me for something. And I feel like they didn't need to be stopping me for anything. I actually did once at a basketball game. And that that didn't go anywhere, thank God. But I just know how it is, man. When you get in that situation, you just don't want to be bothered by the police. And, and he was drunk. So it was just a bad decision. He learned from it. He, he's mature, and he got a good head on his shoulders. I'm really rooting for Baker Mayfield. He's one of the inspirations behind this brand. His attitude, his fire, his passion is the inspir- is an inspiration. Like He displays a confidence and competitive drive that you need to have in life to be successful. Got to be everybody. You got to be you, no matter what, man. You got to be confident. You got to believe you can be everybody, and yet you're coming for everybody. And that's what I get from him. So that's what the "Embrace Yourself" T-shirt is inspired by him, because Gavin Bellamy said, "Humble yourself." I was like, "Embrace yourself," and that's what Baker Mayfield does. He embraces himself, no matter win or lose, man. He gonna be him. And that's what I love about him. But yeah, that's it, man. Uh, this is a weird episode. My computer basically shutting off in the middle of the episode. I hope there's no problems, but 
If it is, you know I'm a good editor. You know what I'm saying. But I'm out, man. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.